went to the dentist earlier today, and I didn't think that my teeth needed so much cleaning or whatever. I have a permanent retainer on my bottom teeth. I don't know if you can <laughs> if you can see it there, but I have a removable one that I wear on the top, and I'm supposed to be wearing it like every night. I probably wear it like I don't know four nights a week. But the food that I'm eating is, you know, apparently getting stuck under there, underneath my retainer. So they went in there with that metal tool, the metal tool, and like I, the thing is, I understand when people say that they're afraid to go to the dentist. You know, like they bring those freaking metal grinders or whatever it is near your mouth. I get it. It's terrifying. And the thing is, I think, guys, I really think we got to go to the dentist at least once a, at least once a year, you know, brushing your teeth two times a day. And I feel like the only acceptable time to really lie is when they ask you how often you floss. <laughs> like, that's a question I get every single time I go to the dentist. How often are you flossing? And when the truth is probably... I don't know, once every three weeks, maybe, if I'm, like, messing around, you know, you're supposed to be doing it probably, like, at least every other day, something like that. But people neglect their teeth, you know? People put a lot of hard work into their teeth when they're, like, 11 through 14 years old with braces, and then they kind of just let it go, whether it's, like, not brushing it, not wearing your retainer or anything. But I've, I've put in too many hours of hard work through these teeth for me to have crooked teeth, so I got to wear that... Uh, top retainer more you know what i mean but went there today it wasn't so bad but i would just recommend you guys get there like once a year it's a tough like 30 minutes in terms of cleaning but then once you're done you're happy you're done and you don't have any cavities whatever it is because like if you miss the dentist for a few years you can easily have a cavity i don't know what happened back in the day though like before dentists i don't know when dentists were even invented Back in the 1800s or whatever, people just probably started having wooden teeth. That was, yeah, like um, George Washington had wooden teeth. That's actually true. That's funny that I, uh, funny that we mentioned that because George Washington did have wooden chops. But also, I imagine if you're not eating that much meat, you don't need to clean your teeth that much. It's got to be at least once a year, guys. You know what I mean? But went down there. Uh, my dentist's office was close to Washington Square Park, so walked a little bit. And that was my cardio for the afternoon. Got home and was so exhausted. Didn't get so much sleep last night. Took like a 25-minute nap before I hopped on here. And now, as you guys can tell, I'm freaking soaring with energy. But no, sometimes I'll take that afternoon nap. And I'm not so shy to take one just because, like, it usually is anywhere from, like, 20 or 40 minutes. Get me a power nap going. And then I could usually last through the rest of the night. It's like charging your phone. You know, you know what I'm saying? People with the iPhone 13 swear that... Their char their battery lasts longer. If you guys have the iPhone 13, please keep bringing in those consistent comments about the iPhone 13 being so much better than my phone. See, I so when I the iPhone 11 was out, they had like a version that looked like the eight. If you guys see here on the YouTube channel and also on Spotify, we now have video. Yes, very interesting and exclusive. If you guys see me here on Spotify, hello. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you do have Spotify, go check out Spotify. You'll see uh, the video streaming on the platform down there. But this iPhone 11 has been great. You know, I've dropped it many a times, and I still do like the button. And any upgrade that I get, any phone upgrade that I get, I know I'm going to lose this button. And I'm still one of the only people I think that still has this button. If you have the button, let me know. Let me know in the comments. TedJonesWorld at gmail.com. Guys, we have the Ted Jones Comedy Show coming up this Monday at the stand, 7 p.m. And also, we have Comedy Night with 
Ted Jones this Thursday at Asylum NYC in Chelsea, Thursday night, 9.30 p.m. Check the link in this YouTube video, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Amazon Music, wherever you guys are listening to this podcast. Just check the link down there and get to one of our shows because they are amazing. I cannot wait for these two shows coming up this week. And then shortly after that, I will be headed down to Miami visiting my dad and opening for Hannah Burner at the Miami Improv. So, guys, just stay tuned to date on the Ted Jones World Instagram. That's where I post uh, everything Ted Jones on Facebook, Ted Jones World underscore on Twitter, Ted Jones World One on TikTok, giving you all the updates and juice. And if you guys are watching on YouTube, don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe, do whatever you gotta do. But the last vlog that we put out on Tuesday was one of the more fun vlogs we had shooting. Uh, playing tennis at the U.S. Open site. I did like a racket review for one of my buddies who runs the sports like tennis stringing and gear shop at the U.S. Open. Tennis used to be such a huge part of my life. A lot of you may not may not comprehend. So from the ages of like I'd say eight to twelve, I played tennis every summer, um, like four days a week for at least four hours a day during the summer. So then once I turned 12, I wanted to get more serious in the sport. So I started to play like four days a week during the week, uh, played tennis, traveled like to different tournaments in New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey was, um, compiled of the Eastern section. That's what they called the East. So I was traveling, playing tournaments when I was like 13, 14. And then by the time I was, yeah, I'd say we go back to like, I was age 12 and a half, 13. I had to kind of make the decision between baseball and tennis. And I ultimately chose tennis. And it was funny because when I chose tennis, it was like a kind of a deciding moment when I won MVP of my little league when I was 12 years old. And then like that day I went to tennis camp and I was crying the entire two weeks I was there. I hated it. I hated sleepovers. Never was a big sleepover guy, but like going to tennis camp for two weeks when I was 12 years old, it was awful. I was crying almost every single night. Just wanted to be home with my mom and dad. But that was like the deciding point. That was what made me choose tennis over baseball. I just like tennis because I like the idea that I was the one who was going to mess up or I was the one who was going to win. You know, being on the baseball team, I was definitely the star of the team, given that I won MVP. Yes, but like. It was just so difficult when, like, I was pitching or something and an easy pop fly would be hit to the outfield and one of the kids would not catch it. I'd be like, dude, what is going on? I much prefer if I was playing in the outfield and I didn't catch it. But tennis is just ultimately what I what I chose. It was between baseball and tennis. In baseball, I played uh, shortstop and pitcher, and pitcher kind of replicating a serve, you know, so kind of related, I guess, but... Um, starting from the age of like 14, I started to play tennis very seriously and went to like tennis academies, whatever it was. And then at the end of eighth grade, when I was probably turning 15 for ninth grade, I was homeschooled for tennis to play tennis guys. I didn't go to school. I had a private tutor. As I drink water, I'm going to let that set in. Yes, I had a private tutor. From 9 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. And then the rest of the day, I'd be playing tennis. So I'd wake up like 5.30 a.m. I'd be at the tennis courts in Long Island City from 6 to 8. Then I'd have a a running trainer from um, like 8.15 to 8.45. Then I'd have a a tutor from 9 to 12.30. 
Then I go back, play tennis for an hour, do fitness, and then play with the kids after school from like 5.30 to 7.30. So no joke, like four hours of tennis a day, an hour and a half of fitness. And this is just my life for the for freshman year of high school. It's so weird to look back on it now just because it's so different. It's such a different thing to do. Like, yes, obviously being homeschooled is a different thing to do. But, like, it really affected me in ninth grade because, like, I didn't expect kids to give me so much shit. Kids were always giving me shit. Oh, you're homeschooled. You don't have any friends. Like, I, shut up. Like, looking back on it, I wish I could have just been like, you guys, shut up, you normal ass kid. <laughs> no, but, like, it, it, it's just so weird how things affect you differently. Like, looking back on it now, I think it's one of the cooler things I've ever been able to do. I've been blessed to do. Thank you. My parents are paying for a private tutor in tennis for my freshman year of high school. You know, like, I had a completely different beginning of high school than many, many other kids, like 99% of kids, right? Kids aren't really homeschooled. Are you homeschooled? Do you know anyone who's been homeschooled? I feel like, I don't know, the the year of being homeschooled just really did something to me. Kind of just made me appreciate having friends, you know, like having mutual activities with people. Because, like, the only time I would see kids is, like, on the tennis court. I wouldn't see kids in class or during the day. I'd be on tournaments during the weekend. And then for high school, I went to professional children's school to pursue tennis, and that really never led to anything. I mean, it did lead to something. I was playing tennis a lot, and then I played Division One college tennis at UConn, which was amazing. You know, that was a great experience. But um, the idea of me going or being homeschooled for freshman year was that I would potentially go pro in tennis. Crazy thought looking back on it now because, like, if you're 14 years old and you're thinking about going pro in tennis and like everything is lined up that way, you got to be like top 10 in the country at least. And I was nowhere near that at age 14. And in tennis, tennis is so much different than other sports. Cause like you can start other sports when you're older and like, you'll get better gradually. But like, if you start tennis too late and I, I don't want to say I started tennis too late cause I was playing tennis when I was eight years old, but playing it seriously I think I started playing too late. You know, like, playing tennis seriously when you're, like, 13 years old, you've already realized that, like, you have so much strength in your upper body that, like, especially for tennis, it's really about sinking your upper body and lower body with the hit. You know, like, drawing in the ball with the foil and letting it out. You know, I'm kind of just, like, explaining the stroke here. It's like a coil, a figure eight. But, like, when you're... When you're a young 13-year-old or, you know, approaching your early teens, whatever that is, you uh, don't really have so much connection between your lower body and upper body. Like, when you're shooting a basketball, yes, it comes naturally because, like, you start at your legs and then it goes to your upper body. But, like, tennis, you can have the opportunity to play, like, really lazy and be stiff and not use so much of your lower body. And that happens to a lot of younger kids. So when you don't start playing tennis that young, you don't have that natural movement from the hip like when you're if you think about it like this okay if you have like a five pound weight and you're trying to lift it up like how are you going to lift it up it's going to lift from your core right you're not just going to pick it up through your arm that's not the best way to lift up a five pound weight you might even hurt your arm if you do it like that so if you're picking it up from the ground you naturally want to start from your hips and then move it out up and then it comes down um around your shoulder but like in tennis, you really just need to start early. Because, like, when you're lifting that racket up, you'll naturally have that movement from your hip if you're young and uh, you're not recognizing your upper body strength. So I think me having upper body strength and not really not really focusing and honing into my lower body, I think, was an issue at a young age. You know, and this happens to kids who start sports when they're um, 
when they're older. You know, they have like a bigger ego and they think that they could just do everything with their arm. When in actuality, they got to use their hips. But anyway, that's just a freaking sports discussion that I was thinking about. Nadal did win the Australian Open, guys. 21 Grand Slams, making him the greatest player ever. I think so. 21 Grand Slams, the most of all time. Granted, some of his stats are not as good as Federer's and Djokovic in terms of overall performance in every tournament, but he does have the most Grand Slams, so we're going to have to give him that friggin' medal at the current moment. He was also down two sets to love in the over five-and-a-half-hour match that he played against Daniel Medvedev. And for those of you who don't know, when you're down two sets to love, each set takes anywhere from, like, 35 to 65 minutes. So Nadal was in the hole you know, for like two hours in the beginning and then <laughs> fought back over the next three and a half hours to win the match. Crazy. Guy's a champion. He's a champion. And, he, you know, he was injured two months ago. The guy didn't even know if he was going to play the Australian Open. He has quite the freaking heart. And then as I'm telling you guys this, Tom Brady officially retired. So we're seeing a lot of great, a lot of great athletes slowly, you know, make their greatness impact over the game and then... Fading away. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with Rafael Nadal. I imagine that he's not going to fade away right now, but he's got to be kind of wrapping up soon, don't you think? He's got his own tennis academy, and he has a a show on Amazon. You guys should check that out, by the way, on Amazon Prime. It's called Rafael Nadal Tennis Academy. It's just, like, behind the scenes of what goes on in his tennis academy. But, like, having a tennis academy and still being a Grand Slam champion... Guy's doing it all. He's always been a beast, always been, like, one of the more focused, humble uh, athletes. You know, you look at a Tom Brady, seven Super Bowls, more than any team, <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, but, you know, when you when you think about it and we look back on the great sports athletes, you know, for the most part, they've all been humble. You know, I guess you can say maybe not boxers, like a Floyd Mayweather and Muhammad Ali, but that's just a different sport. Like, combat sports, you're not really that humble. You're always talking shit, you know? And football, you know, you talk shit, too. But maybe not at the quarterback position. You look to be, like, a leader. When you think of talking shit in football, you think of, like, I don't know, like a lineman getting a sack, a wide receiver catching a touchdown, a quarterback getting an interception, something like that. But quarterback, typically the leader on the field. And tennis players who are really great in the game – you know, they're humble, too. You just got to have that uh, that confidence on the court. People sometimes ask me if these glasses are real. Yes, they're real. I remember for Halloween and stuff, I used to wear fake glasses without the actual prescription on the inside. But, yes, these are very real. I'm at negative, I think it's negative three flat. You guys know what I'm talking about, meaning I'm farsighted. I'm nearsighted. I don't even know what the shit that either of them mean. I mean, I, mean, I cannot see far away, so I'm farsighted. Nearsighted, I'm good. Like, if I were to read something that's right here on my hand, I can easily read it. But, yes, these glasses, they're freaking real, okay? And I'm either going to get LASIK surgery within the next few years, or I would like to use those eye drops that make your <laughs> that make your eyes, like, better. I don't know. I'm seeing that there are trials with these. I don't know. I'll put the... I'll put what they're actually called here in the description if I actually find out what they are. But, um, yeah, I mean, having bad eyes, it's crazy. I can't believe that people have been around this long having, like, bad eyes like this. And maybe, like, because I do have such a strong prescription, my eyes have gotten worse progressively over the last few years, maybe, like, last five or six years, just because I'm always wearing glasses or I always have contacts in. 
But I don't know how, like, why are humans' ears as bad as my eyes are? I don't know. I mean, my eyes probably aren't even considered that bad. Like, I've heard of people who have much worse eyes, you know, like negative six or something like that. Or maybe you guys have plus six. Does that probably mean you're nearsighted? Something like that. But anytime I go to the, <laughs> the eye doctor, I'll get like a six-month supply of um, glasses, contacts. I recommend you guys should do this, too. Actually, don't do this. I'm not an optometrist. Is that even what you call it? You're an eye doctor. I'm not an eye doctor, so you don't have to listen to me, but this is just what I do. Save freaking cash. I get a six-month supply of those contacts. I'm like, no way those things run out one year. You know, that just means I would use them twice or two times in one day. Or I'd use one pair for two days, and I usually end up using one pair more than two days. So you figure if you use one pair every three days, you stretch that six months out to a year and a half. I'm not suggesting you do that. I'm just saying that's what I do, all right? And if you listen to everything that I do on this podcast, then you'd be probably well-rounded, except you'd be down in crypto right now. You'd be a vegan. You'd be slightly down in crypto right now, depending on when you bought in. But I think <laughs> I think everything's trending upwards. And guys, we're going to be on the forefront. You go vegan, all right? You're noticing that even the most fastest of fast food restaurants are propping up their vegan menu okay kfc putting that beyond chicken on the menu if you guys have had that chicken you let me know i still haven't found a kfc next to me but the next time i do pass by a kfc i'm going in i'm trying that beyond chicken taco bell coming in with the impossible meat uh mcdonald's with the mcplant a lot of this stuff is starting in the uk and then you're, you're seeing chipotle gonna bring in some sort of um impossible meat something like that everything's starting in the uk and it's moving here it's moving towards the west the western hemisphere Right? I believe that's where we are in the United States. I believe this is the Western Hemisphere. That's why the way like everything's coming, you know, oat milk, almond milk, a lot more people I'm seeing drinking that kind of stuff. Uh, cow milk is on the decline, I hope. Guys, we just we got to realize that these food companies have not been great to us over the years, you know. Humanely raised and all these freaking words that don't make any sense and try and make us feel warm, like no antibiotics, antibiotic-free, stuff like that. It's just like words that we've been trained to think that, oh, now we're allowed to eat it because it's so much better for you than how we would kill it through a blender or whatever it is. If you guys haven't seen Super Size Me Too with Morgan Spurlock, I suggest you watch it. I'll give you kind of a synopsis on, on the uh, movie. Morgan Spurlock looks to create a chicken place, kind of like a Chick-fil-A, where he's very transparent about what goes on with the chickens. And he goes through the whole industry of chickens and how hard it is to get a batch of, uh, I, I want to say like homegrown chickens, you know, put them in a chicken farm or chicken coop, whatever it is, free range. Uh, check out that documentary if you have time but check out that documentary it's actually really good and really interesting and morgan spurlock uh puts together good films if you guys haven't seen supersize me that's like the first one of that but like that was also a great one too and i'm sure you guys have seen supersize me season four of ozark good i'm gonna leave it at good it's a little slow a lot goes on in that show jason bateman stays super freaking calm the entire show and i respect him for that but like just seems like there's issue after issue on this show and i'm all for issues that makes the watching of tv more interesting but like there's just too much going on in this particular show so i don't know it's good i'm gonna keep it at uh i'm gonna keep it at good 
That winter snow this past weekend really jammed up the city. A ton of ice all over the place. Thank God there's not so much black ice. I don't know. Maybe there's black ice where you guys aren't outside of New York City. Maybe you're in Long Island, whatever, Connecticut. Let me know where you guys are listening to, to this from. Let me know where you guys are listening to this from. Maybe you're in Minnesota and there's black ice everywhere. You throw a pot of water out and it's freezing midair. But, like, the snow in New York just gets super messy and dirty. And I'm not liking it right now. Not liking it right now. I'm looking forward to March. January was freaking long, guys. So happy February. February is going to be great. A little bit cold this month, but hey, we'll get through it. And the thing is, don't forget, because when it's summer in New York, we're like, oh, we can just use an enormous winter breeze right now. And that's a beautiful thing about New York, you know, that we sometimes take advantage, I think. You know, there's something to be said about not being so comfortable for every single type of weather. You know, you go down to Florida. It's hot, it's warm, it's nice, and then it just gets too freaking hot. You know, you're in Chicago, it's nice and warm, and then it just gets too freaking cold. New York is perfect. L.A., maybe better weather, but hey, New York, the concrete jungle, absolutely the best. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Ted Jones World Podcast. As always, check the link in this YouTube video, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, wherever you guys are listening to this podcast too. And don't forget to get to a Comedy Night with Ted Jones show or Ted Jones Comedy Show in New York City. If you guys are going to be in Miami, President's Day weekend, all right? Hit your boy up on the DMs or tedjonesworld at gmail.com. Would love to see you at the Miami Improv with Anna Burner. all right? See you guys soon. Peace.